Do you're going to do the... Oh, I thought you were going to do the welcome, welcome thing. <laughs> Just one welcome. Just one welcome for today. Um, welcome to We Want to Talk About It Now. Uh, I am guest hosting today because I asked Alex um, about the topic that we're going to cover today, which is his um, story about his expulsion from BYU. And I wanted to talk to him about it and have him share because how often does someone actually get expelled from university? And... Um, uh, for a very common practice that happens among college students, which he's going to talk about some more. So uh, I think I'm going to learn a lot from this. I, as listeners of the podcast know, Alex and I have been friends for a long time. We were friends when this happened, but I, I don't know a lot about this time in Alex's life, but I know that it was a really, um, what I guess, like transformative or difficult time for you. So uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing the story, but... Um, Alex, do you want to provide some background or? Yeah, and also like thoughts? feel free to like interject with questions wherever. I think that's going to be more helpful than anything in clarifying the entire situation. Because at first, when uh, this sort of subject came up about us talking about this, um, I was nervous because Julie Gibson's kids went to uh, BYU Idaho, which was the school I was expelled from. So I thought like she might be, you know, oh talking bad about my kid's alma mater. So I got nervous for that reason alone. Not any other reason, just that reason alone. Uh, in reality, the it's, it's very telling because the main reason I want to do it, I was recently watching Believer. Um, it's the Dan Reynolds documentary, Imagine Dragons, lead singer. And there's a story. It's not even about Dan. Like this part isn't about Dan Reynolds. It's about a guy that was working on the Love Loud thing. It's a LG, LGBTQ thing. Um, that they throw on, uh, throw in Utah yearly. And within that time when they're doing this documentary, one of the people working on the doctor documentary, his brother, uh, Landon, had ver a very similar story to mine. Kind of. I lied. I lied throughout the entire process. So that's probably the big difference between Landon and I. Um, but ultimately, just like a quick synopsis of that story, Landon... Um, got a girlfriend, they had uh, sexual intercourse with each other, and Landon was very upfront, went and apologized, or not apologized, went and made his penance, I guess you could say. There's still a sort of a, what's that word? A confession process where you go and admit to the things that you do. And Landon was kicked out of BYU in Provo. And a let, I don't know if I believe this part of the story, because they usually don't like set terms like this. It's usually like, just whenever you repent, you can come back sort of thing. Um, in, the, in the show, he goes, it was five years. Like, you're kicked out of BYU for five years, and you can't come back. And he made it sound like there's not a lot of compassion, which there might not have been. Like, it just depends on the leaders that you get. And by leaders, I mean, like, ecclesiastical leaders. It just depends. So, like, the honor code... No drinking, no doing drugs. You can't smoke. You have to obey. Um, abs you have to abstain from having sex. Uh, you can't, like, literally, if, like, you want to get really down to the letter of the law, you cannot masturbate. Like, you should be kicked out of school if you masturbate because that's breaking the honor code. Um, lots of different rules. Got to be in by a certain time in, at BYU-Idaho, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, so Landon gets kicked out of school, and... A few months later, I believe, he's dealing with all of this. I imagine just a ton of depression, which thankfully I don't think I deal with a ton of uh, depression. Um, and he ends up hanging himself, killing himself because of all of this 
shame and guilt that he feels for what what he's gone through. Um, so that was really what interested me in talking about this was more than anything, every single person knows somebody who's been kicked out most likely. And uh, especially most of the people that listen to my podcast, uh, like it's the perfect audience for a subject like this. And ultimately, I just don't want people killing themselves, killing themselves over things that are so stupid. Uh, when you really think about it, so this kid had sexual intercourse and literally killed himself because of the gay, the the shame and guilt that he felt from his community. Like, was that imagined or uh, was it real guilt and shame that people were putting on him? I don't really know, but I imagine that if he would have had a lot more people like I did around me saying, it's okay, tons of people are experiencing this, like you're not the only person that this has ever happened to maybe Landon would still be alive. And so that's sort of the background on why I want to talk about this. Uh, more than anything is we, we need to stop losing young lives over dumb things. And Believer, most of, the, most of that documentary is uh, surrounding the LGBTQ community and um, the high death rate that they have in Utah. Uh, that's not my point of this podcast. Um, Ultimately, it's just people need to stop killing themselves for, for stupid reasons. And I think uh, having a support system around them is huge. And then another thing is our honesty podcast that we talked about. We talked about this. Uh, well, we didn't talk about this. I think this is probably the story that I have lied the most about and embellished the most for a lot of the same reasons why Landon killed himself. Um, a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, and mainly embarrassment. And so anytime I tell the story, I try to portray myself in the best light as possible. I very rarely told the story only to like really, really, really like, like my family, ultimately like just my family, maybe some people from uh, my LDS mission, I would, I would talk with them about it. And then obviously my leaders. Um, but it's, I'm not going to lie. This isn't like a, an interesting story. It's a very, I think what's interesting about it is just that the fact that it can and does happen fairly regularly and depending on the type of leaders that you get you might get away with it and if you uh not even get away with it like you'll be honest and upfront with them and they'll just be like it's all good and then other leaders are just like nope come down on you with the axe uh with the guillotine the spiritual guillotine and get you kicked out of school so my story starts in like i don't even know so call i'm at college right byu idaho fall 2007 recent graduate. And up to that point, I was just like a normal teenager, honestly. Like I participated in, I had, I had drank by that poor, that by that point I'd been to parties. Um, uh, I guess you could say like, if you're LDS, you'd be like sexual sins had been committed, definitely broke the law of chastity multiple times. Um, I'm not saying that like as a point of pride, like, Oh, look at me, how cool I am. Just, I think that kind of goes to to the entire um just kind of laying the framework for the entire story but one important thing and i think this is the thing that i lie about the most um just so i felt less stupid like literally the first time that i ever had sexual intercourse was for what i ended up getting kicked out of school before and i had noticed that i would lie a lot to people Mainly because it's like really embarrassing. Like, oh, wow. The first time that you had sex, like that led to you 
that led to you getting kicked out of school. Like, congratulations, you lost your virginity, you lost your scholarship, and you lost the ability to go to this university. Um, was it worth it? I don't know. Like, I guess, I guess that's debatable and really not, <laughs> really not that important to the story. Um, so this would have been, I think what makes me the most upset about it is that I think it's important to know that part of the story that I was a virgin and I, I wasn't looking, I wasn't like, oh, I really want to do this. Um, it was 100% and we'll get into more of like the disciplinary part of the story. It was 100. Okay. That's not fair either. A majority of the desire to have sex was, um, with this girlfriend that I had at the time. The most sad part about this, we'd been dating for like three weeks. Uh, dating for so three how did, weeks. So yep. How did you meet her? Like, what's the backstory with this girl? Just, it's one of those things. Cool. It's, yeah, it's like one of those horror, like looking back on, I'm like, man, if I just wouldn't have been walking by their apartment at that time, none of this likely would have ever happened. Me and a buddy, just walking by, we see these two girls outside. They start talking to us. We start talking to them. Uh, we get invited back. My buddy ends up not going, but I go and hang out with them. Honestly, I also want to point out, I understand that when you're looking back 10 years in the past, very specific details can get a little bit muddled. So I don't want to, I can only speak 100% to the things that I'm 100% confident did happen. I know I was invited back. I want to say that I was invited back and what we did was like we made dinner, watched a movie and just hung out me and these two girls. Um, I became attracted to one of them more than the other. Uh, my buddy, even though he didn't go this one time, the second meeting with them, he hooked up with the other girl. And when I say hooked up, very Mormon hookup of making out. Um, and it was just like a perfect little thing. Like they had their like hookup thing going on. We, uh, and uh, I'll call her girl A. I don't know. I, I feel bad labeling like that, but I also want to provide some anonymity to her because... Can we give her a name? Just like a fake name? Uh, Jezebel? Ooh, saucy. Jezebel. <laughs> like, Let's go with Jezebel. No, I just like kidding. Like, because here's the thing. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest. I harbored so much anger and hatred towards her for a really long time. And probably after I got back from my mission, so this would be 2012. So that's circa five years worth of hate and anger that I just had against her. And honestly, it's just like my, and, and that's the whole point of this entire podcast. My life's fine. Like everything ended up working out. Uh, and I think a lot of people, when they go through these things, they think my life is over. Like there's no way I'm going to be able to recover from this. I'm not going to be able to make something in my life because I'm not going to BYU. And that's the school that you have to go to if you want to have a life in Mormondom. And it's 100% not true. Every, I, I don't know, my, my, bro, my brother didn't get kicked out of school. He quit going to BYU, started his own business. He's having great success. My wife didn't go to school. She's having, Sheila didn't go to BYU. Granted, Sheila's not Mormon, but there's, there's tons of people that don't go to BYU and have successful lives. So it's not the end of the world. Everything's going to be okay. Life is going to work out and you're going to be fine. Like that's the, that's the main point that I want to get across to anybody. And I, and I don't think that anyone will listen to this who is going through it. Cause most of the people that listen to the podcast are like my age or older. We're not getting a lot of those younger people, but if you know someone who's going through some, something like this, I would uh, highly recommend having them listen to it. Um, 
because maybe they don't have the great support system like I had. Anyways, let's just call her. What's like a very common name? Like what sucks is her name is Megan? a very co- common name. Have you have you dated a Megan? Or let's a do Megan. Audrey? That works. Let's or do Audrey? Megan. I don't know. Let's do Megan. Megan's good. I would let's never try. date a Megan. <laughs> never. Um, so, so now, so now this seems so unrealistic as I tell the story. So anyways, Megan and I just making out and like things progress, like things have never progressed this quickly physically with me ever. Uh, like with the girl, like usually it was just like a couple months before, like you get into the heavy petting. I don't know if anyone could tell. I don't even know what that means. No, it's the <laughs> heavy petting. Like literally it's hand jobs and fingering. I apologize if that offends anybody, but like this is part of the problem too. How about you, how about leaders of like grow a pair and just tell us exactly what you mean when you say stuff like this? Um, because that's where a lot of like confusion happens. So you'll have one person who, when they have committed heavy petting, so uh, a hand job or, or fingering, um, who's just like, nope, that's not what heavy petting is. So I'm good. And then another person who does it and like, no, I'm pretty sure this is bad. And like they look at the example of the person who's totally okay with it. And they're like, should I? No, this is bad. I need to like, there's just a lot of confusion surrounding stuff like this. So anyways, like usually it would not progress as quickly as it did. I come to find out this girl uh, that Megan is not a virgin to, uh, to, to nobody's surprise. And um, ultimately, so this is like, like I said, a couple weeks, we're already like doing these things. And by early December, which is right when uh, fall semester is going to end, we're up in my bedroom and she like, I don't like literally, this is where I want to make sure that I remember it this way. <laughs> I remember, I remember her being like, I want to be your first. I remember that. Not a hundred percent sure if that actually happened. Anyways, uh, teenage, the teenage love proceeds, if you want to call it that. And we have sex. It's, uh, it's what you'd expect from a first timer. We, uh, we move on, continue to have our relationship. Um, so we have sex a couple more times before the school year's ends. I get straight A's cause I always got, I always got delightful grades and, we're dating. Everything is cool. I think what's weird about looking back on this is just how short of a time period all of this was. Yeah, wait. Oh, I mean, what was the time frame? So this was yeah. So like, we meet each other probably right before Thanksgiving, and then we start dating. If you want to call it dating, like we weren't like going on dates. It was just like I'd go over to her place, she'd come over to my place. Um, like the last three or four days, I'd have to look at the calendar. Like Thanksgiving is the end of November, so a few days. I'm having sex the first week of December. Semester ends the second or third week of December, right before Christmas. So, like, we're full fledged dating. I guess you could say. I don't really know how. You, I I I was in love. I, I was totally one of those people who was just like uh, had so much affection because it was our first time, and I gave way, way, way too much um, power to her because of that, um, which I think is why. Other stuff happens. Anyways, so we're really close in contact. Megan had like some terrible things happen in her past life that she attributed to why she had such an active sex drive, which is fine. I don't really need to go into that. Uh, but she would always blame it on 
on that stuff, like why she's like, I just need it. And it's like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm like 18 finally at this point. And just like, uh, you, I'm 18. You came to the right person for this. Um, <laughs> How old is um, she? So 19. She's a year older than you. Yeah. So I think her, if I, I'm pretty sure her birth, like she had just turned 19 in November. I had just turned 18 in October. Uh, so and she's not from yeah, it's, like it's, where we grew up, right? Like, no, no, no. We're, no, so she's from Washington State. Um, lived part of her time in Idaho and started school in Idaho. Cool. That's obviously how we met. And then Christmas comes around. I go home. She's like, oh, I'm really depressed. I'm having a lot of night terrors from my past, etc. It's like really terrible. Come, come out to Washington for Christmas. Obviously, I'm not going to go for Christmas. Uh, then I won't get any presents for my parents. Um, so I go the 26th of December, the day after. Oh, it was a terrible... It was so busy. One thing I learned from this, never travel on the 26th of December. So thank you, Megan, for that. Uh, travel to Washington for the next... I think I stay there for like the next week and a half, ultimately. We pass New Year's there. Um, and then there's a little bit more time before school starts. And then her and I drive to, to Idaho. So... Well, I'm staying at her house. So, well, so yeah. like how, knowing that her family was obviously Mormon, right? Like that's why she was at BYU. Yes. So like how did they feel about the fact that like you guys, both sides, like your parents and her parents, that you guys have been dating, dating quotes, for like a handful of weeks and were already flying to go stay at her house? That's the problem with Mormon culture. Like I would say my mom warned against it in fairness. She's just like, I don't think you should do this. But like in Mormon culture, there's like there's this weird, and you want to know what? Maybe it's all culture. I don't want to just blame Mormon culture for this, but there's this like, if you find the one, you find the one. So go for it. Um, well, is it? Well, I'm guess I'm wondering like, is it that were there red? You said your mom had red flags, but it's it strikes me who didn't grow up Mormon is interesting because that's a very big move in my opinion to go like fly out and stay with someone that you've just been seeing very briefly. And I know that there seem more of this priority in like the Mormon faith to get married young. So like I am. And, and quickly, yeah, not just young quickly. quickly. Like it's like, Oh, we've been dating for a month. And so like you have all these examples around you of people like, yes, yeah, so, like my parents would be like, my parents were met and got married within four months. Yeah. So granted they might be the exception to the rule of like it being successful people can debate that if they want but i think that's that's where and, and i'll be honest like because it was my first time i think that had a lot to do with why i was so willing to do whatever she told me to i was 100% whipped but like yeah yeah I, i'll do i'll do whatever I, if i keep getting if i keep getting what you're giving i'll i'll do anything well, for and you you're young. Um, like i think when anyone's young oh yeah i was so stupid. But, but that's where I feel like you have your, like, not your parents only, but, like, those figures in your life who try to help you make those decisions. And I guess I just find, like, the comfort level that the parents were fine with this, like, fast-moving type of relationship uh, in close quarters over, like, a holiday season. But there's also this, like, extreme other end of the spectrum where you're literally getting expelled from school because you ended up having sex. So it's like they're encouraging one side, but like, eh, not this part. Like, I, I don't know, like something about that. Like, yeah, feels I mean, weird. in all fairness, like, I don't know how her parents felt about it. I know uh, her dad was like upset with some of the sleeping arrangements and things that we were doing at the house, which 
he is 100% in the, <laughs> in the correct on that. Like, I totally get that. But he never voiced it to her at the, like, while it was happening. Never, like, I honestly thought that her parents loved me. Uh, like, they thought that I was great because I, you know, I'm great with older people. Um, my parents, my dad never would, my dad, like, stays out of stuff like this. But my mom was a very vocal, like, you probably shouldn't do this. You have, you have your money, so you can spend it on a flight if you want. You're 18. You can make those decisions. Cool. Go for it. It's one of those interesting things, though, when like people get mad at how many people like still live at home uh, that are like 18 to 22, 18 to 24, or whatever. I'm just like, it's because we're still stupid. Like we should still have our parents like helping us make decisions because we make terrible decisions. Not that like parents are necessarily going to have the best decision making process either like they're ultimately just children as well right um they're children trying to help their children make decisions but you know sometimes just having that outside eye is just like nope this is dumb like I, that's like one of the things i get guilt i get i'm so guilty of as a person right now is i always forget that i'm not the person who's in that thing so i'm always just like why are you making such a stupid decision it's because there's so many things that go into it their their biology their how they were raised uh, the the chemicals that are flowing through their body at the current time, right in that moment that I don't know what's going on with you. I don't know what your serotonin levels are. Um, if you're producing oxytocin, like, like there's so many factors that go into decision-making that I think it's just so hard to like get mad at someone that makes a stupid decision because it's, yeah, we all make like, ultimately we all make really dumb decisions. We're all, we're all stupid, but like, some people make better decisions than others. Yeah, well, and I, th I think, too, so, okay, so to to recap so far, so you had just graduated high school, it's your first year away at college, you were a virgin, you meet this girl later in the year, very quickly things progress, she, you lose your virginity to this girl, she shows these patterns of, like, she really needs XYZ because of um, prior trauma that she's experienced in her life or whatever, what is in, so you're feeling... Uh, it's well, it's probably great for you because, like you said, you were like an 18 year old boy. Um, but you then go and see her after or stay with her over the holidays, so all of this stuff is progressing really quickly. Um, so that, that's kind of the setup, but I, I know that there is more to how kind of crazy this gets, like, it isn't as simple as just you had sex and um, got expelled. Uh, well, maybe, maybe on paper it is, but I feel like. Like so, 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 carrying on the story, where does this start to turn bad? Dude, this is crazy. Like it's crazy. Like as you were talking, I I was like still dating another chick in California at that time. Oh really? I once again won't won't say won't say names, but I hadn't like officially broke up with her. Wait. Um, this is how this is how quick everything was going. Is is kind of why like accuse me of being a scumbag. Whatever, that's fine. I'm fine with. It was a scumbaggy thing that I was doing. 100%, no problem taking that blame. But that's how quickly this progressed. I was dating a girl before like before Thanksgiving, or during Thanksgiving. We'd been dating for a long time, since August. Dating, in air quotes again. Because um, obviously when you're at school in a way, it's much more difficult to date. Anyways, and then I went home at Christmas, broke up with her, this is just a funny story that I want to throw out there. Told her I had become a cocaine addict. Stop it. 
this is like you took like this weird cowardly route and we're like i can't date you because i'm addicted to cocaine i took the the most i was just like you don't even want to date me like and it's one of those things where kids don't lie just be honest have you even done yeah i'm addicted to cocaine uh, no, I haven't. And so I'm just like, yeah, I've done, I've done, I'm, I'm addicted to cocaine. She's just like, that's fine. Like just the sweetest response. That's fine. We can work oh through it. God. I'm just like, no, 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 no. You're supposed to want to break up with me <laughs> over this because I don't want to break You're up like, with I you. I mean heroin. Um, <laughs> what, 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 what drug do I have to say to, to get you to break up with me? Just, just curious. Just curious on that. Oh my God. Anyway, just the fun side story. Oh, it's funny as I ended up dating her later on. <laughs> Again, she was like, Do you she still was have very that forgiving. Habit? Yeah, she's like, hey, by the way, I started doing cocaine and it's great. We should, we should do it <laughs> all the time with each idea. other because you know she's from the south. Um, but anyways, just just to point out how quickly this progresses, we uh, so when we're staying there, she has a lot of night terrors. We like stay in the, we sleep in the same room with each other. This is what I mean. I just think that this is so bizarre that like, like I can't believe that the parents weren't like, nope, you have to sleep. Like, granted, they did have the pullout couch and that was recommended where I sleep. But like, if I was in a room with the door closed, it was totally cool, one hundred percent okay. And I'm like, this is great. <laughs> this is this is fantastic. I enjoy the rules of the house. And there were a couple times where like. They, I don't know, this might just be getting too gratuitous or whatever, but just to like, there were times where we were like in the middle of, of having sex and like we were undercovers or whatever and the parents would come in and it's just like, hey. Oh my God. Like they couldn't see anything, but it's just like, yeah, we're just cuddling. Like that's what's, that's what's going. Cause you know, people cuddle like this all the time in this position. Um, anyways, just like a weird, like they, they had to know that things were going on, but there was like no, I don't know if it's cause like. There's like maybe it's because they're just like, man, we know our daughter has severe depression. We know that she has problems, so we don't want to make this a huge thing. This guy seems to care about her. He flew out to see her. I don't know. I honestly no idea what their thought process is like. But good golly, Miss Molly, they just let us do whatever we wanted. Um, and so that's goes through New Year's. We start. Lots happened in that time. As far as like, it was only like a week, but like we were just going going crazy the entire time um like uh, i hate saying that we were like normal teenagers that's how i would describe it we were very like normal experiment not experimenting but just like getting to know how bodies work basically and i was gonna say it was great like i don't know like it was growing up yeah and that's ultimately what it was it was growing up learning new year's passes Rose Bowl, everything, all the great sporting events that that happen. And we, her and I, travel back to, to Idaho together. Everything's fine. We're in, like, this great relationship. Um, she has this concern because she had missed her, I don't know it's better, period or menstrual cycle. Both of them are, like, I don't know. I feel like I'm being very gratuitous today. Anyway, she... She's like afraid that she's pregnant, you know, like anyone at that age, like when they're having sex, they're just like, that's like the, like, I'm, I'm 45 seconds late. Oh, I yeah. must be, I must be pregnant. Well, did you guys talk about that? Like when you were having sex, like, were like she on the pill? Like, did you have that conversation? Ooh, that's, that's a really good, like, I didn't know you're supposed to have a conversation. <laughs> I would say definitely not that that conversation never came up. 
Uh, but at this point, like, we're talking crazy. Like, dude, I'm not going to go on a mission. Let's just get married. Doopa dippa dippa doopa dop. I don't know what that means. Doopa 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 dop means. But, like, we're talking seriously about this. I think that's just such a Mormon thing, though, honestly. It's just like, I don't know. I don't know how many people I was engaged to before I actually got <laughs> for reals engaged. Like, like it's, it's like a... It's like in sports where you have the, um, yeah, so we have a verbal agreement, uh, but nobody signed anything. I don't know how many verbal confirmations of marriage I had leading up to my actual marriage. Anyways, um, so we're back at school. Things are going great. She's, she's, she's like, oh, no, I'm so, I'm so scared. It's been 45 seconds. I'm pregnant. I'm a little bit panicked, but like, I'm just a stupid kid. I'm like, yeah, I could marry you. Like, you're great. You, 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 you let me have sex with you. This is awesome. Uh, and turns out she's not awesome. So oh, this is, we're like talking there? second week of January. But I mean like from the time that she's like, I'm late to the time where she's like, oh no, we're good. Was it like a day? Was it two weeks? Oh, that's good. It was probably like a couple okay. days, honestly. A couple days. I think she texted, texted me or something like that and said, everything's all good. And then probably, so this is second week of January, school started by then. I don't 100% know if school started by then. It's got to be close to starting, or I wouldn't have been back there. She texts, says, hey, we need to talk. So we talk. She's like, yeah, my parents were pretty unhappy with this stuff. Um, so by the way, I'm dropping, out of, I'm dropping out of school. I'm going to like this depression camp. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember what it was called, but ultimately it's to help people with, uh, I was going to say mental disabilities with, uh, like depression or what would that be? Mental or? problems. Yeah. Stuff like that. Not sex addiction. It was definitely like for depression mm -hmm. and for her, if she had anxiety, I don't know, her night terrors. Yeah. So my parents think that's going to be a good idea. This is when she tells me that like, yeah, my dad wasn't very happy with like how we were acting and like the way that we were like being super comfortable with each other in bed, like at the house. It was like, okay, I, I can do nothing with this. And then she drops the bomb. And I think it's better if we break up. So this is my first time. So I'm like heartbroken, right? Like my, my first, not my first true love, but like this was like the first time that someone ever had like more power than me in a relationship. And also probably like the first time that anyone ever broke up with me up to that point. Um, and so it was hard. I get, I, don't, I was going to say super depressed, but I probably like, melancholy i'm a little depressed this sucks school's about to start whatever i just gotta get through the semester i'll get back home to california work during the summer talk with people like everything's gonna be fine i'm thinking and so this happens like i said middle of january everything's cool school starts progressing doing great taking like 16 17 credits I'm doing great. Like I had the perfect schedule. Just, I only had class, like super heavy loads Tuesday and Thursday and then Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then the weekend, nothing. I didn't have a job at this time. One of the, my biggest regrets is not working and like saving money uh, because I just didn't do, I didn't do anything. Anyways, uh, except actually like this time I'm like pr promoting my band YKK pretty religiously on MySpace. Uh, that was actually like that was probably a very great coping mechanism too at that point as well for breaking up with her because we had all of these chicks on MySpace that just loved us. Why? I don't know. We wore eyeliner. I, I, I don't get it, honestly. But uh, so I was just like having these virtual and air quotes relationships with people. Um, and 
things are going good. Like, I'm trying to think of like just a very normal semester. I met this chick who I end up like having a relationship with after school is over that you met, Sheila, actually. Um, we'll call her Megan too. No, just kidding. Um, actually, I could say her name was Nicole. Uh, no, one, no one knows her. Uh, so I meet Nicole. She's like super helpful getting me through, getting me over Megan. And then in February-ish, middle of February. So what are we talking? We're at like two months now. Uh, <laughs> we're at like two and a half months uh, of time. Uh, Megan reaches out to me and she's like, hey, I just want to let you know. I talked to my bishop about this and I let him know that I had had sex with you. So I just wanted to let you know that. First off, super cool that she let me know. But second off, what a douchebag thing to do. Um, because this is something that everybody has to understand. She, when I say she dropped out of school, she deferred that semester. When you defer a semester, that means you don't have to pay your rent because, well, she was able to sell her contract. Able to sell her contract because it's at the start of the semester, where it's almost near impossible in the middle of the semester to sell your contract. Two, you don't have to pay tuition. And because you're not going to school. Here I am in the middle of the semester. I have passed the time where you can get your tuition reimbursement. So I'm looking at this more from a financial perspective. I'm just like, I have to finish out the semester without getting caught so that I don't lose. I had a half scholarship, but still to a kid, I think like I was still paying $1,200 for, uh, for tuition. And then it was easily $1,200, $1,400. And that's not even including like, well, I'm living here, so I have to buy food, et cetera, et cetera. So easily going to lose $2,600 on this semester. That is the thing that made me the most upset and the most bitter. It was not that she ratted me out and that I was going to be kicked out of school. It was that all of this money was on the line if I got kicked out. So I'm just, this is my thought process. I'm just like, until they come to me and bring it up, I'm just going to go through this try to finish out the semester, admit it to my bishop back at home, who is a way cooler bishop than the bishop I have right now, and get this resolved, go on my mission, go back to school. This is what I'm thinking. This is my thought process. Um, another thing from that, I was just, uh, part of me is just like, dude, why did you, rep? Why, why, why? Why did you have to tell him my name and like who I am and everything? She's like, well, when I was talking with my bishop, there's this thing in Mormonism in the Book of Mormon called secret combinations. Secret combinations are ultimately just think the mafia. They have their secret dealings that they're doing on that that they have going on. The bishop was like, if you don't tell me his name, you have formed total psychological mind effing. If you don't tell me his name, you have formed a secret combination which is an abomination and is of the devil. Now, did he say it in those exact words? I don't know. All I know is she brought up the secret combination thing, and I assume it probably went something like that. So that's why she gave up my name. I'm like, well, okay, it's mid-February. Semesters at BYU-Idaho are super short. We're looking at finals our first week of April. So we're in the middle of February, right? I'm like, okay, we're looking at six weeks. Six weeks, and I'm 
good. I can repent. I, I have I have 100% a desire to repent of this. Um, people who aren't Mormon are probably wondering, what are you repenting of? Having sex is a sin. You're not allowed to have it. So I had to repent of it. Um, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll be cool. Weeks go by. We're entering March. Things are fine. Everything's good. March, we're in the middle of March. March Madness is starting. Things are still fine. Last week of March, things are okay. The last Friday in March, though, things go south. Get a phone call from my bishop. The message that he leaves says, we need to talk with you immediately. We've heard some things that may have happened or transpired. We just want to make sure that they are true. Or no, actually, he said, I heard from another bishop. So the bishop reached out to my bishop at the end of March for some GD reason. Uh, it pisses me it's off. It's so, I, I, it does not surprise me that the part that pisses you off the most is that it costs you a lot of money. <laughs> it's so Literally, you. Like, yeah, yeah uh, I was so upset. <laughs> Anyways, so it's the, I was like, crap. They know, man, and I was killing in this in school, by the way. Tearing it up. 16, 16 credits. I think it might have been 18. I just want to say 16 so I'm not lying too much. I know for a fact I was taking 16 credits, getting impeccable grades, having just a great experience at college, and this is what's going to happen. I'm going to lose all of that if I get kicked out, everybody, just as an FYI. Anyways, he's like, all right, call me back. I call him. I say, hey, yeah, I have no, like, I'm panicked, obviously. I'm 18 years old. I, I, all I have to do is make it to the last week, right? I'm fine. I'm just going to lie my way through this and everything's going to be good. Um, so I'm just like, yeah, I have no idea what she's talking about. That didn't happen. I meet with him in person as well. Like, yeah, I have no idea what she's talking about. And then he's like, okay, well, then you're going to need to speak with the stake president because we have to resolve this. And he wants to resolve this before the semester ends and before finals begin, which to me is like a super douchey way of saying, we want to kick you out. We want to make sure that you get kicked out before school's over. That's what I took away from that. And so uh, not to name drop all you Mormons that are listening to this, but my, uh, my uh, I forget what his name is in real life. Anyways, it's my stake president at this time is Henry B. Irene's son, who is now the president of BYU-Idaho. So just saying, I go in and meet with him. Looks just like his dad. Bald, looks like a bird, has glasses. I think everybody knows what he looks like now. I meet with him. He's like, we will discover and we will figure out what happened no matter what. We will be, I don't know, like this is where I'm taking liberty of, of telling the story like we have the spirit on our side we have the spirit of discernment and we'll be able to figure this out whether you confess or not like if it happened or it didn't happen we will be able to figure it out which where i am now i, I don't know if i can do a do justice the type of mindset that an 18 year old mormon kid has and the deference that they have for their leaders because people you're probably listening to this sheila like just keep lying. There's no way that they're going to be able to prove it. There's no baby. There's nothing. There's no way that this is ever going to be a thing where they're like, yep, yep, yep. We, 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 we found it out. No witnesses, no anything. Well, well I think what um, is, what's in my head is like, why should you like, like, I just want to be like, yeah, just tell the truth. Like, who cares? Like it's, it shouldn't matter that much. Cause you're an 18 year old boy who had sex. Like that's, that's more where my head's at. Not, 
but knowing your background and knowing that they are so crazy, yes, that's how I'm thinking. But it's just crazy to me that you could get expelled from school as an adult for having sex. In fairness to, because this is the, this is LDS go-to. And what I hate about this LDS go-to is half the time it's people who are looking at pornography. So you should be kicked out of school too. So shut your mouth. Judge not. Yes, you judge with a righteous judgment. Anyways, that's a Joseph Smith translation, by the way. Um, what pissed me, pisses me off about the honor code is people are like, well, you don't have to go here. You don't have to, you don't have to go to BYU, but if you want to come, like you have to obey the honor code. And usually the people that are saying that are the closet perverts and they're ones that are, that are, that are masturbating, watching pornography. And it just, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of people that maybe not even a lot, a few people that probably don't ever break the honor code. Maybe. Um, but that's usually always their go-to. And I'm just like, well, Everyone has broken this in some way, and the way that punishment is divvied out is 100% different for every single situation and every single person. Um, so I'm not taking that risk, and that's why I lie. But Henry B. Irene's son, once again, don't know what his name is, um, not important, uh, scares the crap out of me, though, because he's Henry B. Irene's son. I'm just like, an apostle of the church's son just said, we will figure it out, and I totally believe in the magic mindset that they will be able to discern and God will tell them. God cares so much about what I did that he's going to make sure they know so that they can kick me out of school. Um, At this point, uh, it's also important to note right after my bishop had called me, I called my parents and said, yeah, this girl said this. It's not true. Everything's going to be fine. And my parents are driving to BYU-Idaho at this time. So driving to here for this whole thing? Driving there for this whole thing because they don't need to pick me up for another week or two. But didn't you think at any point, like she had the text messages where she was saying she wasn't pregnant, like that she could just prove it? <sighs> that wasn't a thing at the time. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's much different mm-hmm. now. I feel like because your ago. phone would fill up. Yeah, your phone would fill up with text messages. So you're constantly deleting them. Um, whereas now we have so much memory on our phone, like definitely not something that crossed my mind at all just like nope i'm good like and then at the but like that's also hearsay like even if like you said it in text does that mean that it actually happened i don't know i could text you right now and be like yeah i just had a three-way with someone does that mean that that actually happened well i just mean like if if it's her word versus yours and she shows a text message where she says hey i had my period i'm not pregnant and you're like killer like that to me yeah well no no no, because but even like with how uh, even with how you just, I know it's unfair to like pick this apart because you haven't, you, you like, my retort to that would be like, yeah, because she was having sex with someone else, right? <laughs> but I mean. That's why I, I was so happy she's not pregnant. <laughs> but house. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. No, I know what you're saying. Um, but that, this is just how my mind was working at the time. Like, how do I get out of this? Um, it scared the crap out of me. And I just break down. My parents are already on the way. I'm like embarrassed with this whole situation, admit to my bishop, all right, sorry, I was lying, I was scared, I didn't know what to do, I am at your mercy, ultimately, um, but I just had to come clean because I was feeling this weight and this guilt, and once again, looking back, I would have got out of it if I didn't do that, 100% guarantee, because once again, there's no proof, but also very happy from a Uh, what's the word just like from a character perspective that I was willing to confess to it even if it was because someone used God to scare me 
Um, so what this triggers is something called a uh, uh, disciplinary council, or uh, as they ironically call it, a court of love, which there's very rarely any love in those things. Um, it's just it's it's just like you know how pro life, pro choice. You just put a label on it to make like to make things sound better. So they call it a court of love. Anyway, so disciplinary council, couple outcomes that can come from this. Um, informal probation, formal probation. Uh, what's the other one? Disfellowshipment, excommunication. Um, I'd actually been talking with my bishop about like some stuff like when I was in high school. So this bishop, because um, they were trying to get me something called the Melchizedek priesthood, which is a higher priesthood than the Aaronic priesthood. There's more rights and responsibilities with the Melchizedek priesthood than there's with the Aaronic. Uh, but I knew that I was committing all of these sins. So I never made the jump up to Melchizedek because once you get to Melchizedek, they lay, they, they bring the hammer down more on you, which turns out not to be true. Uh, just, just ask all of my friends that are making all of these horrible, horrible decisions and they still haven't been disfellowshipped or excommunicated. Anyways, um, don't want to rat them out. So we have the court of love, uh, I'm calling it that ironically. And I think this was like the most difficult part of the entire thing. Cause my parents are there. They have no idea what's going on. They know that I've finally admit, like they made this long trek, long journey, taking work off, etc., because their kid's a dirty, dirty boy who wants to have sex with girls. Um, so ironic how much we hate gays, and shouldn't like we be celebrating my heterosexuality? <laughs> like, oh, it's great. Yeah, this is awesome. Like, perfect. Anyways, um, so I think this was like the most difficult process. I was very honest in my little court of love. They asked you questions, um, how often it happened, um, I have heard in some, they'll ask you like types of positions, et cetera. This was not my experience. It was just how many times, they did ask me how many times it happened, um, why I chose to lie, et cetera. I'm just crying uh, the entire time. Once again, from the just embarrassment of the entire situation and predicament that I found myself in. And the most difficult part was when the verdict came. So I go in, and just so you know, since it's the ironic, since I had the ironic priesthood, it was run by a bishopric and not by a stake presidency. With the stake presidency, you're going to have like 15 people that are judging you. Uh, with the bishopric, you have three people: uh, the first counselor, second counselor, and the bishop himself. Um, I come back in, and uh, bishop sucked. I forget his name. He was a douche. Uh, that's why I didn't want to be honest with him because I knew no matter what, the worst was going to happen. And he's like, so the way that the story has been told, there's a girl who has severe depression, a lot of things in her past that have led her to be fragile and more sexually active and sexually susceptible to advances of different kind of men. There's the worry uh, Brother Skinner, once again, these aren't exact quotes, just so everybody knows, but this is how I remember it and how it made me feel. The The worry that uh, second counselor <laughs> um, has is that you have predatory behaviors and that you were preying on this young woman and that you took advantage of her. Now, first counselor... Counselor Angel, I'm saying his name because this dude was dope. Oh, his Brother name Angel is, is Angel. 
Brother Angel, that's his last name. Brother Angel is the only reason I didn't get disfellowshipped or excommunicated, I feel. Because he was just like, but Brother Angel views this as just normal teenage behavior that got out of hand. And he wants to uh, make sure that this isn't something that is going to ruin your standing in the church and your opportunity to serve a mission. So weighing both of these opinions, I'm going to formally put you on formal probation. So that's like the third worst, I guess you could say. Like it's one ring above in, informal probation, which I'm like, what's the point of informal probation? Uh, anyways, <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense like why you have that one. So it's either nothing happens or uh, formal probation. And from this, uh, your ecclesiastical endorsement, which is necessary for you to attend the University of BYU-Idaho, is revoked and effective immediately. You are no longer a student at BYU-Idaho. All of these classes will be, uh, you will be withdrawn from all of your classes and receive Ws. And you're not allowed to attend a church university. So BYU, BYU-Idaho, BYU-Hawaii, and Southern Virginia University is another one uh, I'm in Virginia. Um, and you will not be able to attend any of those universities um, until full repentance has been made and a reinstatement letter from your ecclesiastical endorsement uh, from your ecclesiastical leader has been provided to the school. So effectively, you're expelled from school and you have no standing to be here any longer. One thing that you have to I have to point out as well: when this happens, you are also kicked out of your housing. I think they're working on changing that. I'm not 100% sure. Um, this has been 10 years. But at that time, if you lose an ecclesiastical endorsement, you are also kicked out of your housing. So good thing my parents came because I immediately was no longer allowed to live there. And I stayed at the hotel with them that night. And we left the next day. So um, Back to California. So um, at any point, at that point, when he when you got expelled and you got this verdict... Had you had any sense that they were thinking this like predator type of theme, like no? So like you didn't like and at that was that broke my mom's heart when so so oh I didn't set this. My parents are also in the room with me when they're telling me this. Jesus. So my mom and dad are both there, and so my mom and dad are hearing that your son has predatorial type pre uh, tendencies, um, which I go back to. I think this is so. Besides the money thing, this is what pissed me off so much was. She's absolved, like, she takes no risk, like, not, not that she doesn't take, she is not given any of the responsibility of this. And I go back to our very first time. Yes, I wanted to have sex. I'm not going to deny that. But I would not have had sex if she did not want to, um, 100%, because I hadn't had sex yet. And I'm, like, scared, like, uh, to do that. Like, there's one thing that I will always give myself credit for. Um, regardless of what weird sexual encounters I may have ever had, I have never once, and I know I need to be careful in this day and age of like making very bold statements like this, there has not been one time where I have not received the consent of an individual that I was interacting with sexually. I guess what this makes me wonder, so like throughout all of these discussions with your bishop and she's talking to her bishop or whatever, you, I'm guessing, are talking, just saying, like, yes, we had sex. I'm sorry. I was scared. We blah, blah, blah. But she was probably 
telling that spinning this whole other story that you weren't even aware of. So like you didn't even have an opportunity or, di- or I guess it's the question. Honestly, honestly, like I blame myself for getting labeled the predator thing a little bit because I do, I did like in my trial, I guess you could call it that I was going through, um, mentioned that like, I don't know, like I just really liked feeling like I was helping her. And making her feel better than she was. So I could see how, like, maybe it could be construed that way. But I don't know. Like, if I was... It's like, Brother Angel seemed to have no problem being like, no, they're just teenagers. They're, they're stupid kids. Like, I, I feel like he, he was a very calm person. But I felt like at that point, he just wanted to be like, they're just kids. Like, he wanted to say something like that. Um, in all fairness, her story... She didn't, like, have to testify against me or anything like that. Because I admitted to it happening. Um... Nothing, by the way, nothing happened to her. Um, nothing, like, Well, because she's once a again, victim in this she had, story. Well, because she had withdrawn. Well, I mean, like, nothing happened to her because she withdrew from school, so she's not losing the money. She was able to sell her contract because it was early enough when she had withdrawn from school. Um, and then, ecclesiastically speaking, nothing, no punishment at all came upon Megan's sweet, sweet head for any of this. Because she doesn't have the priesthood, there's technically less responsibility, less keys that she holds. So I think that's why she doesn't get any ecclesiastical punishment. But man, like I said, $1,200 down the drain, around $1,200-ish down the drain for, for housing, all the food and crap that I was eating at the time. Like We're looking at like probably somewhere around three, three and a half thousand dollars which to an 18-year-old at that point in my life was my entire life savings. And the only reason I bring this up is like, I want everybody to realize how very, very, very... Oh, actually, you want to know what's really cool? And I think this is important to point out. Um, Everyone in my family, like my sister knew because I had told her, um, my brother knew because he was my roommate at the time, just as an FYI. Like, uh, the reason that I want to say that is my mom was a little bit upset because Becky knew the entire time, my sister, and like she just stayed out of it and never said a thing. Like she never, in air quotes, ratted me out. And something that my sister said that was very meaningful to me at the time and continues to be, and she's just like, it wasn't my place to to rat on rat, rat him out one we're family so i'm not going to and two that's something that he needs to figure out um figure out for himself um a lot of members of my family have been in not quite the same position that i was in but like once again everyone in my family we're all human we've all probably seen a boob or touched one in our in our pubescent states um but at, that was probably the point in time in my life where I most realized that my family had my back because it kind of goes back to what I was talking about with Landon, this kid who killed himself over a very similar, similar situation. Um, I had that support where they're just like, yep, happen, happens to everybody. Like, it's all good. Like, we don't think any less of you. We've all done it. Um, it's everything's going to be fine. Uh, so I'm very thankful for that um, outlet that I have. And then also the friends that I had, because 
most of my friends who were not LDS like didn't get it at all. They're like, what? You got kicked out for that? Really? <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. And I, that's why like I would embellish the story because I had to make it seem like, oh yeah, he did do something bad. And that's why he got kicked out of school um, because it was embarrassing. Like I got kicked out of school for having premarital sex literally is what happened. I, uh, I actually like, thought this whole time that, that she had an abortion and that the abortion is what got you kicked out of school. Sounds like something that I would have lied about, but, honestly. Well, no, I don't know if you did. I just think like that, like that sounds like, okay, I, I, it's like a little bit more understandable knowing how BYU is, but the fact that you got expelled and then labeled a predator over the story that you have shared, like, then, and not to beat a dead horse, but that's, I, I think that's the part I'm really hung up on. Like they threw out a label such as predator to you in that moment. And I don't, it doesn't sound like you had any opportunity to like explain that you weren't like they, they got her side of the story. They saw her as a victim because she had chosen to withdraw early because of whatever issues she had. I'm offline at whatever. I'll talk. I have other questions, but like, was there an opportunity to be, to, to say the same story? That's like, Whoa, like she was coming after me. Like I was a virgin. Like I, like putting a predator label on a 19 year old is so, horrifying i'm sorry 18 18 year old is so horrifying to me because that that like that's more than just your normal dude normal person who had sex when they were 18 like i I just that is appalling to me um i think what was tough about it is my parents were like i think the most embarrassing part of it were my parents were in the room when that was stated and i was just i was embarrassed from having lied from my parents having to come out and it was one of those things where and I don't want to make myself sound like this martyr or that it was like this, this super emotionally draining thing, but it kind of was. And so like at that point, it was like, well, my life's over. Like, what's the point? What's the point of like trying to convince anybody? Everyone's minds are already made up. And I just want this to be over type of thing. So you're just like, okay, whatever. I'm kicked out of school. This Nothing's going to change. I just need to, I just want to go home. At this point, um, and I'll I'll tell like I'm not trying to make once again this is gonna might come across a little bit like oh Alex understand he's such a feminist like it's it's kind of I understand why women don't come forward and don't try to explain their side of the story because they just want it to be over um, I think from I was able to learn a lot of empathy um, about uh, sexual assault from i i feel bad even bringing this up because it's not the point of the story but some when you're in like these terrible horrible situations the reason that you don't tell somebody or the reason that you don't try to explain yourself or whatever it may be is because you just want it to be over and and i don't mean when i say want it to be over like i wanted my life to be over i just wanted to go home i wanted to go home where people cared about me where people loved me and i the, the calling that a court of love is a total sham. I did not feel like anybody cared about me except my parents in that room and brother Angel. Well, I, I think that's my point is even, even if you had the desire to share your side of the story or whatever, like I, I get everything, just wanted to go home. I think that that, that conversation, bef- like they should have inquired further with you to understand you and understand the situation before they ever got to a point where they would label you a predator. I just think, take even if your parents weren't in the room, telling someone that they're a predator when they're not is, especially to a young 18 year, 
Like, I, I don't know how you didn't also end up with, like, weird sexual, like, dysfunctional issues thinking now that, like, anytime you had sex, you were a predator or, like, just wanted, like, being a normal human that you were a predator. Like, I, that part is where I get really, I guess, fired up about. Because... I mean, if you want to, like, try to, like, make lemon lemonade from lemons, like, I was very cognizant of it from then on. And I don't know if maybe that's why things have been better in my life. Not, not that things were bad before, but uh, why things have gone well in my life is after this, I just, I'm pissed off. And I'm just like, all right, well, um, I mean, I'll just bleep this out. F*** you. I'm going to go do whatever I want. And I just go bananas. A lot of those stories, any any stories that I have told after this event um, to anybody are probably true. Anything before the event might not be as true because I was trying to like, you know, yeah, I was like this Casanova type guy. Uh, I wasn't a Casanova afterwards. I was just like, uh, I'm already screwed. There's no, there's no coming back from this. Um, I'm just going balls. Like, no, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I'm just going, I'm just going, I'm just going crazy. And um so basically the year 2008 until like April of 2009. So basically an entire year, I just did whatever I want. Felt, honestly, I never felt a ton of guilt or shame when any of this was going on. Um, and yeah, it was, it was probably, it was a really great time. <laughs> it was awesome. Oh, what, like, how did you, cause you did eventually go on your mission. That would have been one or two years later because it was 2010 so like how like full circle like how did you come back around and then go back to BYU and all that just I started dating the right people who didn't want to have sex ultimately is what it was um so I was dating a lot of non-members and this is why you don't date non-members kids yeah shut up most non-members are so much less judgment actually everyone sucks so who cares um I started, like, I was visiting, going out to BYU a lot um, to visit some friends and whatnot. And uh, in this this time, I was in Provo. Like, my friends were going to BYU Provo. Um, and I just met people who sex wasn't their thing. But you know what they sure enjoyed? They sure enjoyed dry humping a lot. Holy cow, the dry, the dry humping scene for freshmen at BYU is insane. I don't know if it's still the case. Uh, <laughs> like... Good golly, Miss Molly. Anyways, um, so ultimately that's what happened. I just got girlfriends who weren't interested in uh, non-dry humping. Um, <laughs> for those of you who don't know what dry humping is, it's you're, you're wearing pants. Generally, you're probably going to be wearing yoga pants or, um, <laughs> or sweats um, because that's where you can get most of the physical stimulation from. Um, anyways, not important. Uh, I hope no one's offended by that. But they call it like Levi Levin. And anytime they'd call it Levi Levin, I'd be like, that would be the most uncomfortable dry humping. You, Levi's? Man, it just shows me that you have no idea what dry humping is when you call it Levi Levin. Cute name, but <laughs> far from the truth. Um, but yeah, then I just started Mormon started dating Mormon girls. I dated a Mormon girl for about a year and we never uh, we never had sex or anything like that. And I was just like, I got to, this is like the perfect person to be dating, uh, to get ready for my mission. Um, made out a lot. But, uh, but how did you, like, were you not burned after that? Like, why did you end up wanting to go on your mission after that? Oh, the shame and pressure, man. Oh. 
Um, <laughs> this, like you, you don't go on a mission. You are a worthless piece of crap. Uh, I, I don't actually mean that. So anyone who's listening, it's okay not to go on a mission. Don't go and be depressed and ruin your mental well-being just to prove that you can go on a mission. Um, that's that's why I did it, though. Every every single member of my family went, uh, guys-wise. I guess except Matt, which, whatever. Um, so five of the six brothers went. Uh, one of them came home for depression after like a month. So it's a real thing. Um, mental health is a huge thing for missions. Anyways, I just that's just what you do. I can't think of a better way to say it. It's you have these check boxes that you do if you're a good Mormon boy, and the mission's one of them. Um, once I finally got my head right in air quotes and was no longer having sex, uh, my bishop at the time was awesome and just like, all right, everything's good. It's been a year. You're ready to go now. And went on my mission, got back, and uh, here we are. Here we are now. Um, but I really do want to say to like anybody who is, who maybe hasn't gone through exactly what I'm going through right now, or could potentially ever go through it, like you don't need to kill yourself. Everything's going to be fine. You can talk to me if you if you want. If you have this podcast, you can contact me because you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me everywhere. I would much rather take time out of my day to save somebody's life than like recording a podcast. Honestly, um, people just have to stop dying for stupid reasons and people have to stop getting depressed for dumb reasons as well. Like if you're going to be depressed, be depressed for something that really matters. And I think getting over the stigma of, Oh, you had sex, you're bad. And honestly, I feel like that's changing a lot. Like I can't think of one person Okay, I can't think of one person, but he was always like this. Austin Vanasek, man. That guy was a solid, solid as a rock. Um, and when I say that, just mean, I, I mean like I can't think of one person who didn't break the law of chastity, which is the sexual part of things, that I ever met at BYU in some way or another, whether it be porn, whether it be masturbating, whether it be having sex, um, heavy petting, whatever you want to call it, not one person. And why that's important is when you're thinking like, oh, I'm this dirty, terrible person. It's all good, man. You, you're with all the other pigs rolling around in the mud. It's just fine. Don't worry about it. Everybody's the same as you. They're just hiding it. So ultimately, that's my main reason. Well, there's a lot of... My main reason is to... Uh, that sounds so pretentious. To save lives. Um, because it's, once again, it's a real thing. Like when my brother came home from his mission, I won't say which one. My brother came home early from his mission, suicidal, um, because he was a failure for not completing a mission. Maybe I could, should do a podcast on that. Like that's a very real thing, very common that is still happening right now. And I just want everyone to know it's not the end of the world. I got back from my mission. I got my ecclesiastical endorsement to go to BYU. I graduated from school. I have a great job, great wife who has a great job. Everything is going to be fine if you are just doing what you can do with the situation that has been given to you um, from decisions that you've made and whatever. Everything will be fine. It's not worth ending it because there's so much more that you have left to, left to live. Like If I think about like if I would have 
got depressed and killed myself in 2008, which I never was going to. Like, it's 10 years that I missed out uh, of 10 years of awesome stuff has happened. And so just think of it that way. It's very easy in the moment to like see the darkness, but 100% the dawn is coming. And you don't have to worry about it. That's inspirational. I'm glad you were able to make it through it. And I think the, the story about Landon is just heartbreaking. I think it would be great if you could get your brother to come on and talk about that would be difficult. He's uh, he is a currently a bishop. <laughs> um, I don't know because like, the tone that I have, I, I would I, if I did bring him on, it would have to be a tone of not like because I don't want it to come across like I'm attacking the church because the church. I, I, there's a lot of people who think the church is like a net negative, and I disagree with that. I think overall the church has a net positive uh, effect on the world. Um, Mormons are the some of the nicest people. Um, obviously, they're some of the nicest people, but if you want very superficial relationships, uh, some of the nicest people in the world, um, I would say a lot of them are that superficial kind, but then there's some people who just really do care about you and really do want to serve and make the world a better place. Yeah, they have some crazy, some crazy beliefs. Like, yeah, like it's like the weirdest thing. Like, hey, I'll, uh, I'll make you a cake for your wedding. As long as you're not gay, like, but like, does that make sense? Like we have, we have the less progressive beliefs, but overall, um, the LDS faith is a, a very positive. It's, it's a, it's a positive. So I, I never, I never want it to come across like I'm coming down hard. I'm like the church is terrible thing. There are terrible things in the church. There's also amazing things in the church, just like every single other entity. We just have to be very, very self-aware of this. All you LDS people out there, like you're nothing is perfect. Nothing. Say Jesus is fine, but that's, that's about where it stops and that's okay. And we're all just trying to figure it out. Let's all just be nice to each other, man. Like stop being so hard on these people that are looking at porn. Stop being so hard on these people that are, that are masturbating. Um, like who cares? You do it too. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like that's the thing that always pissed me off the most. I'm like, could you imagine if we just had to be like, all right, everyone has to be hundred percent honest right now. Who's looked at porn? Every single hand will go up. Every single hand will go up except for Austin Vanasis. Um, <laughs> But every other hand will go, like, I, I promise you, um, you're not alone. It's very true. Everyone, and not, not to like say like, well, because everyone else is doing it, that makes it okay. It's just like, no, it's, we can all get through this together. Good stuff. That was a nice way to turn a dark story into a, um, insp- less, I don't know. Less, less, to, I don't know. It's like one of those, you just hope that. I think things are a lot better than they were in 2000, um, in 2008. Like a lot of things have changed. Like BYU, um, for a long time, this is going to sound crazy, but it's true. If you came forward and said that you were sexually assaulted, they would put you on hold as far as like schooling goes. Like you could be kicked out. Now they have a thing where you can go and it's safe for reporting and you won't be kicked out of school for, um, ultimately for being sexual sexually assaulted like they wrote that in granted it was 2016 and that's like well it's 2016 and we're just getting around to this progress is progress i'm happy where that things are progressing um the honor code is a is a living document that should constantly be changed 
Um, it should not stay where it is. I'm people who say that it should stay as is you're stupid. Um, it should constantly be progressing. Let people have beards. That's so, that's so dumb that you don't let people have beards. Like that's an honor code thing. There's a lot of stupid things that just happen because, oh, it's 1960. We got to make an honor code. What do people look like in the 1960s? Well, you got the hippies and you got the, the businessmen. We're going to go the businessman route. Um, but that's a whole nother subject. I have, my, I have my opinions on the honor code and people who are like devout defenders of it. Um, it's how I view the Constitution. Uh, do you think uh, this is stealing from Joe Rogan a little bit? He, his stand-up comedy routine. Do you think uh, like if Thomas, if we brought Thomas Jefferson back, be like, yeah, so we haven't changed the Constitution like at all since you guys. Do you th- I don't think they would be like, oh, well, that's good. Yeah. They, uh, like we we obviously have made changes like um, uh, amendments regarding slavery, et cetera, et cetera. But we still have some pretty antiquated stuff within our Constitution that people are always like, well, it's in the Constitution. I. I Anyways, I'm getting off on a tangent right now. Just be nice to people. Uh, Don't be a dick like we always say. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it ends that way every time. Just don't be a dick. Yeah, like, what's the... I want to say my inverted golden rule. It's the uh, don't do unto others what what you wouldn't have them do unto you. Because I like that better than do unto others. Mm -hmm. Um, The reason being is I would... Like, just because I'm showering somebody with money doesn't mean they should shower me back with money, right? So it's more of the, the uh, how would you say that? It's less proactive. It's just like, just don't, don't be mean. Yeah, just be cool. a nice person. Be a little empathetic. Man, this is going to be, that's going to be, I hope everybody enjoys this. <laughs> All right, well... Thanks so much, Alex, for sharing this story. And the next time that we have something we want to talk about, we hope you will give it a listen. Feel free to like, comment, and continue the conversation by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And if you are feeling especially generous, leave us a review on iTunes. We prefer five stars, but value the truth more. We plan on keeping this free to listeners forever because we love you. Thanks for listening, and let's keep being better. Welcome, welcome, welcome for a bit. And then that's dumb. God, why does this have to be like, can I start over? Huge backlog again. I'm like out of episodes or like the two episodes that I have left are just not usable. It's like, oh, who wants to hear about what I thought about Iron Man? You know, that movie that came out in 2008. <laughs> and then the other oh, you are... don't care? Man, neither do I. Very expl- explicit. No, yeah, then the other one's like, eh, you know, like, you know, putting fingers in butts. <laughs> that literally came up. Um, okay. This, ugh, this, I hate this so much. Um,